He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our wickedness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I want to begin this morning by saying something that is overly dramatic, perhaps a little hyperbolic, perhaps, and something that I think I mostly believe. Is this high level of ambiguity and mushiness capture your attention? It's this. When you become a follower of Jesus, you lose the option of not forgiving other people. When you become a follower of Jesus, you lose the option of not forgiving others. Jesus is teaching on forgiveness and showing mercy. I want to call it a golden thread. And it, it sort of runs through every teaching that he gives and every action that he makes. It's at the heart of the spirituality that Jesus is trying to convey to his students and his listeners. And some approaches at forgiveness are easier than others. I think you know this. But make no mistake, I don't ever want to make light of somebody who has experienced profound and true hurt. Somebody who's been truly hurt by another person. I will not do it. Simultaneously, Jesus is clear that forgiving others is essential. It's at the essence of his spirituality. The reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel. And earlier in that Gospel, within what's called the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus touches on this in a very stark way. First off, he's teaching them how to pray the Lord's Prayer, something that's almost too familiar as to not hear it anymore. He teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And he makes forgiveness the hub of that prayer. It's right at the center. And I'm not entirely uncertain that what at the center of that prayer, the way that it should be translated, shouldn't be something more like, forgive us our sins in the same manner that we are willing to forgive the sins committed against us. Did you hear that subtle distinction that I made? Forgive us our sins in the same manner that we are willing to forgive others who sin against us. The reason that I speculate like this is because based on what Jesus says immediately after his giving them this prayer, right, this really focuses in on this idea. Now, if this were a Baptist church, I would ask everybody to turn in your Bibles to chapter 6. Maybe you can do that on your phone if you want to. But this is chapter 6. Verses 14 and 15, and it's right on the heels of the Lord's Prayer that he's been given as a gift to us to pray. It says this, For if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. This sounds conditional, doesn't it? This is a hard teaching, particularly, you know, going back, if you have been severely hurt by another person. And I want to admonish you in this way around this teaching, 
Maybe forgiveness needs to be handled in levels. Right? And I want to start here. Be somebody who is willing to forgive every petty grievance that you experience. Make the decision now. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to forgive when it is sort of a low or medium level harm. The question would be, what constitutes a low level harm? But be good at it. Be someone who wants to be good at forgiving, like a muscle that you develop. Be somebody who forgives. But what about those deeper hurts? If I were in Jesus' hearing in that day, that would have been my follow-up question that I would have asked him. I want to say to us, take those hurts, take those to God in all of the different ways that prayer manifests itself in your life. Take those to God, knowing that it will be one of the most difficult and counterintuitive things that you will have to do. That kind of forgiveness, I believe, you cannot do alone. You have to do it in spiritual friendship. Right? You have to do it in community. And that may mean coming to a, a minister or a dear close friend or a therapist and saying, I need you to help me with this thing because I want to forgive, but I don't know that I can. In this type of forgiveness, ask God's grace for those aspects of the hurt that seem like you could never, ever truly forgive. In other words, ask God's forgiveness for the times when you're not sure you have the ability to forgive. I want to give you an example. I live on, on both sides of an equation. I am a father and I am a son. It can be said without much reticence that most of us, most of us do not get everything from our parents that deep down we wish that they had given us. Most of us have pondered the question, what does it actually mean, rubber meeting the road, to forgive your parents? No doubt my own son will have to ask himself some version of that question. How do I forgive my dad for letting me down? Forgiveness in real life is rarely framed the way it is in a film or a short story or a song. I'll give you an example. Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, that young man who, after demanding his inheritance from his father, leaves home and he squanders it all on riotous living, the story says. And then he only returns home seeking forgiveness when he runs out of money. Right? At least that's what I'm hearing in the story. And yet the father forgives the son because the father wants to willingly offer it. And in the drama of those kinds of pivotal moments, we hold up forgiveness in all of its beauty and its poignancy as this poetic abstraction. But again, what I would have asked Jesus when he told the story of the prodigal son is, that's beautiful, Rabbi, but what I want to know about is what about the next week or the following month or the following months or years after that when that young man falls back into the habits of his addiction or his misdirection. What do I do then? And Jesus answers the question 
I think, in this exchange with Peter. Peter's asking the question, how many times is healthy? How many times is good? Is seven enough times? And I want you to really think about this. Forgiving somebody who's truly hurt you seven times is a lot. And Jesus' answer is as artful as that dramatic reunion in his story. He says, not seven times, 77 times. Jesus, the great enabler. There was a time in my life when I made the decision that I was going to forgive my father. He left me when I was 10. He left us when I was 10. He didn't really come back. The only time we ever had any interaction with him is when we made the initiation and we had to work really hard at getting him to respond to that. But when I made this decision in my mind, prayerfully, I expected there to be some sort of switch that felt like it flipped. I would feel different, I would feel better. That the relationship would be smoother, and it wasn't. That is where I see how Jesus' answer to Peter, he's not being sarcastic, he's not being overly artful, he's not being flippant, he's not being sentimental or fluffy. It is, as far as I'm concerned, Jesus is being rooted in the reality of what forgiveness actually looks like in process and in practice. The act of forgiving never ends because one act follows the other necessarily because that's the way life is, that's the way you are, that's the way I am. Forgiveness is only nice and neat when we forgive and then end the relationship. If we stay in it, then forgiveness needs to be dynamic. It needs to be alive. Forgiving is probably something that takes practice. It's a muscle that we grow over time. And to build a muscle, you have to do it over and over again. You may also know this, when you build a muscle, when you work out weights in the gym, right? you're tearing the muscle just ever so slightly. And then you're letting it heal. And then you're tearing it again. And you're letting it heal. And in that process over and over again, what happens to the muscle is that scar tissue builds up and you get stronger. And more ripped. <laughs> My son is getting ready to turn 22. Our relationship is changing. I am slowly becoming less dumb than I used to be. <laughs> but he is still cautious, as he should be. He is still finding his own voice separate from mine. And I hope that he can find strength in all of these years to come to forgive me for not giving him everything that he probably needed that I didn't. And I hope that I can forgive myself for not giving it to him. And that I, I hope that I can forgive him for not seeing it when I do. For forgiveness like that to happen, you gotta do it hundreds of times. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.